Jobin from Gracia. This is the Rorschach Georgia update from the 21st of December, 2023. Quick summary of what's going down in Georgia. Thursday the 14th, just as we filed the last show, the EU Council granted EU candidate status to Georgia, according to Charles Michel, president of the Council of the EU. This decision, quote, shows the credibility and strength of the European Union, end quote. To the people of Georgia, he hastened to add, meaning we don't really care how the ruling party takes this or what they think. He didn't say that, but it was in that very subtle European way. On Friday the 15th, Georgia celebrated getting EU candidate status. European flags flew in the streets, different buildings across the country. Thousands of people filled Freedom Square in Tbilisi. On Tuesday the 19th, European Court of Human Rights, or ECHR, held Russia responsible for the death of Georgian citizen Giga Otkhozoria, killed by Russian forces in Tbilisi-controlled territory in the village of Kurcha near Abkhazia in 2016. The court ordered Russia to pay about 140,000 U.S. dollars for non-pecuniary damages and about 10,000 U.S. dollars for legal expenses within three months. Russian government said that its forces were in Abkhazia to deter Georgian aggression, not exercise police powers. The ECHR signed on Khazoria's family, stating that Russia violated the right to life. Speaking of Abkhazia, on Wednesday, the 20th, President Salome Zurabashvili criticized the transfer of a state dacha in Pitsunda, Abkhazia, to Russia. Zurabashvili said the decision was illegal, that it did not have the people's consent, stressing the need to defend these lands on the international stage. For context, the Parliament of Abkhazia will review an agreement on the 28th of December to transfer the state dacha to Russia. While this doesn't entail transferring ownership of the land, Russia would lease the building for 49 years. On Sunday the 17th, Georgia's government opted not to join EU's decision to extend the Magnitsky Act. The U.S. established the act in 2012, aims to hold Russian authorities accountable for the death of Sergei Magnitsky, a whistleblower who exposed corruption in Russia, very serious corruption, close to Putin. He was tortured to death and denied medical service while in prison. Act mainly imposes sanctions on law-breaking officials and Russian companies. Shalva Papuashvili, the parliamentary speaker, said that by not imposing sanctions on Russia, Georgia, predictably what they always say, avoided war and economic collapse. Politicians from opposition parties criticized the decision and described it as another pro-Russian move by Georgian Dream or Sneba, which, of course, it is. Important to note how incredibly isolated Georgia is on this. The Magnitsky sanctions are one of the few identical efforts by both the European Union and North America, that includes Canada and other democratic countries. Georgia's one of the only opt-outs. On that note about the Georgian government, on Monday the 18th, Prime Minister Irakli Karabashvili delivered the government's annual report highlighting what he calls key achievements and comparing the economic defense and security parameters of 2012 with 2023. He celebrated Georgia's newly granted EU candidate status, attributing it to the government policies aligned with national interests. Ha! Members of opposition parties challenged this statement and said that Otsneba was not pro-European at all. They're correct. Karabashvili praised the ruling authorities and Bidzina Ivanishvili, yikes, the founder of Otsneba, while criticizing the former government. Addressing the war in Ukraine, he said the current government successfully avoided going to war against Russia and accused certain groups of attempting to drag Georgia into the war. He emphasized Georgia's irreversible path towards European integration and expressed his aspiration for deoccupation and national unification. Wednesday the 20th from the VivaMed Clinic during court proceedings, Misha congratulating the Georgian people, declaring it a 
1-0 victory in Georgia's favor. Talk about the government's efforts to obstruct Georgia's EU candidacy, citing the Russian agent's law. After a change in leadership, Georgia could accelerate its path towards the European Union. He urged citizens to unite against the current government, asserting that the choice is crucial for the nation's European future. Misha warned that staying under the current administration would hinder progress, while a change could propel Georgia swiftly towards the EU, promising a better life for everyone. On Monday the 18th, the Constitutional Court of Georgia said that the requirement for a five-day advance notice to the local executive body for spontaneous assemblies or demonstrations was unconstitutional. The court emphasized that the freedom of assembly guaranteed by Georgia's Constitution emphasizes both pre-organized and spontaneous gatherings. The ruling establishes that the right to spontaneous assembly, even if it causes traffic disruption, falls within the protected scope of freedom of assembly and demonstration. Prior to this decision, the Georgian Constitution did not explicitly recognize spontaneous assemblies. On Saturday the 16th, the German Bundesrat officially recognized Georgia as a safe country of origin. This decision aims to facilitate migration-related agreements and boost cooperation between Germany and Georgia. Moreover, on Monday the 18th, on the International Day of Migrants, Nancy Fesser, Germany's Federal Minister of the Interior, visited Georgia and signed a government agreement on migration and mobility with Vachsan Gomalauri, Georgia's Minister of Internal Affairs. The deal focused on countering illegal migration. It also emphasizes collaboration on labor migration and education, streamlining work visa processes for Georgians in Germany. The Venice Commission expressed concerns about the lack of independence of the Anti-Corruption Bureau, or ACB, under the current institutional design. said that the ACB's oversight powers regarding political party financing and declarations of high-level officials require additional safeguards. The commission criticizes the concentration of power in the prime minister's hands for appointing and dismissing the ACB head which is exactly the intention, while acknowledging the 2020 amendments aimed at strengthening anti-corruption efforts when they wanted to centralize that control that the Venice Commission is not complaining about, the commission suggested revisions for enhancing independence, including cross-party support for ACB head appointments, restricted grounds for dismissal, functional immunity, and clarified drug testing provisions. On Tuesday the 19th, the Central Elections Commission, or CEC, addressed recent calls for creating election precincts abroad, stating that collecting signatures for opening precincts won't yield legal results. The CEC establishes election precincts in other states based on data from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, not through citizen petition. Two allied parties, Girchi, More Freedom, and Droa, have sent petitions to the CEC and the Foreign Ministry on behalf of Georgians living abroad in response. The parties plan to persist in the ballot box in your city campaign, urging Georgians abroad to vote in the October 2024 parliamentary elections. The CEC expressed concerns that the appeal could mislead voters and harm the election environment. Allied parties argued that the CEC's actions contradicted its mission and pledged to continue their campaign with greater enthusiasm. They called on Georgian migrants to actively engage in the upcoming elections. On Tuesday the 19th, the United Nations Women's Organization and the National Statistical Service presented findings from a national survey on violence against women. Disturbingly, nearly half of the violence cases reported were witnessed by children and 17% of victims 
had suicidal thoughts. Sexual harassment was predominant in public space, with 90% occurring on the street in public transport at schools or in the workplace. Significant number of women remain silent, and only 2 in 10 seek help, with just 1 in 10 trusting the police. Idina Japaridze of UN Women emphasized the need for improved prevention and response mechanisms, suggesting ongoing awareness campaigns and open societal discussions to combat violence. The results are truly bleak. Worth reading the report. Let's end this show with some regional news. The Social Justice Center, a human rights organization, reports that although the potato harvest in Jabajeti concluded over three weeks ago, sales remains a significant challenge. Farmers couldn't sell last year's crop in the spring, leaving tons of potatoes unused. This year's harvest also faces sales difficulties impacting agriculture in Ahalkalaki. Local potato prices can't cover production costs due to competition with cheaper Russian imports. National Statistics Service data reveals a six-fold increase in potato imports and a five-fold increase in the exports from Georgia between January and October 2023 compared to the same period last year, further complicating the situation for local farmers. And that's it for this week. If you haven't got your holiday present yet, we recommend this podcast and sending out to your friends. It's an amazing, thoughtful, and free gift. Anyway, tell your friends about us. If you are feeling super generous in this season, you can support us financially with the link in the show notes. Nachmandis. Nice.